0: This is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and on Sirius XM Channel 80. my Does it get any better than that,
1: having an intro like that? <laughs> Does it get any better than that, having that kind of music to welcome you into a show? Fitz and Harry here on ESPN Radio, on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Tell your smart speakers to play ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry is presented by Progressive Insurance with Randy Scott. I'm Q Myers. We're filling in for the fellas and Randy, I'll tell
2: you, man, I could get used to hearing that those sultry sounds right there. Just yeah. I like it. It's high it's high class, man. It really, it really uh it really classes up the place a little bit when you come in with some some classical flow, you know?
1: Yeah, man, I'm trying to tell you. I'm not, I don't know, I'm not used to that, man. I'm used to coming into something ratchet, you know? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I remember doing I remember doing a radio show in Florida and it was uh it was 99 Problems, like a severely yes. sampled 99 Problems. It wasn't uh Tchaikovsky or Beethoven. I don't know. Actually, those guys maybe played the piano. I'm not sure, you know? <laughs> I truly not. Not right. not much of a much of a violinist like our like the guys were filling in for.
1: Exactly, exactly. But hey, I I like it, man. I like it. I can get used to that. And so uh, we're going to do that for the next few hours. Again, filling in for the fellas this afternoon here on Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. If you ever want to be part of uh, any part of the show, make sure you call us at 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. And Randy, let's go ahead and get started at the top, man. The 76ers, they lose to the Miami Heat 129 101. We've heard so much conversation about Joel Embiid and Doc Rivers said it's a wrap on the MVP voting. Joel Embiid got that done, but randy the mvp voting and all that conversation doesn't bother me i care about w's and l's and what are they going to do in the playoffs and i don't know if that's a really good sign when they take that kind of a loss uh you know to the miami heat 129 to 101 it's not too flattering i don't care about the resume when it comes to the mvp
2: i think they're playing out the string though and and it's it's an interesting conversation and a heck of a oh heck of a side to be on on my side because i've never espoused philly anything you know what i mean i feel like philadelphia Philadelphia's like cilantro, you know? Uh, It either tastes like soap or it tastes like cilantro to a lot of people. You know what I mean? It's one of those, like, interpretive pictures. Is the dress black and blue or is it green and gold or whatever that was? I remember that. That What color was it to you? Do you remember what color it was to you? It was the shades of blue. I remember it was the blue one and not the gold one, whichever the option was there. For me, it was it was the blue side and i i think i saw gold I j- okay all right well i think cuz i think we're going to differ on the sixers i'm just saying that the, that philadelphia sports and the, you know sixers for the purpose of what we're talking about here are just not something you can be middle of the road on you know right. their fans mm-hmm. don't allow it their attitude and and swagger doesn't allow it and so i found myself on this side of things with philly very much believing that they're a contender in the east and i'm of the mindset that there really are three teams that could win the title coming out of the East, okay, and maybe one coming out of the West, and it's it's not the one seed, but so that's to say that if to me if you're a title contender in the East, you know you're not a conference title contender, you're a you're a, a legit contender, and I think Philadelphia is that. And so, for the purposes of last night's Q, I I just saw a team that was playing out the string. Mm-hmm. I saw a guy in Joel Embiid who's getting his minutes so that he doesn't you know, forfeit by virtue of sitting out the final week of the regular season, the MVP award, and I saw the locked-in seating for Philadelphia. Miami still has plenty to play for. They have a shot, outside shot, but a shot to get out of the play-in and get into that sixth seed. Now, uh, Brooklyn would have to lose out their final two games, Mm -hmm. and Miami would have to win out, but that started last night for Miami, so they played, Miami did. Like, that was a playoff game. And we actually heard from Doc Rivers last night where he was like, Yeah, you know, my guys played like they knew what their seed was and that it wasn't changing.
1: Right. And that, you know, that makes a lot of sense. I just feel like as you mentioned, Joel Embiid playing, making sure he keeps his minutes up so he could be in the running for the MVP. I just feel like for the last couple of years, that's been too much of the conversation for him. Right? That's been too much of the focus. And and I, I say Philadelphia in general. And it's funny because you gave the blue dress analysis and I'll give the gold dress. I just feel like <laughs> until Until Philadelphia shows who they can be, and I'm talking all of them, I'm not just talking Joel Embiid because obviously he's a hell of a player, uh, very well, easily could win the MVP and and really lead his team deep into the playoffs, if not a championship like you meant, like you said. Until I see them do it, though, I just can't get on board. Just from an NBA fan's point of view, I, I don't know if I trust Doc. I know I don't trust James Harden, and Joel Embiid is like the guy that's carrying the ship, looking around like, guys, can I get a little bit of help? Can you guys consistently help me out? And I don't know if we're going to see that. And so I'm so bullish when it comes to the Sixers. Out of the East is where I think that the championship's going to come come from this year. Mm-hmm. But I think it's really coming down to Boston and Milwaukee. And I look at Philadelphia as little bruh, right? Little brother. Like the little brother that tags <laughs> along, but you know that he's not really a factor in this whole thing, but he's tagging along anyway.
2: So it's a bit, it's a big would you say two and a half, or is it just a legit big two? And then there's little bro just tagging along.
1: Yeah, little bro is just a tag okay. along. <laughs> he's he's with us because he's got to be.
2: I, I'm with you on the first two. Uh, right. Truly, I feel like the mm-hmm. finals experience from a season ago yeah, informs so much of both Boston's frustrations this season, as well as you know their confidence going into the postseason. Their confidence in losing the one seed to Milwaukee because they know they can go into Milwaukee and beat them. I mean, they beat them by they beat them by forty one earlier. This season, I mean, very late in this season, and Giannis played in that game, right? But when I look at Philadelphia, I see a different version of what their ceiling could be from a year ago, and I think there is help. I think there's more help that, for Joel Embiid that maybe we're letting on, but I also see a guy in Embiid that is the 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 final shot taker. That mm-hmm. is your crunch time guy,
3: for and sure. for
2: Boston, I don't know who that is. I I think that's I, for Boston. I think you have. You have too many options, which is to say, you have more than one. Because you got a guy in Jalen Brown who believes he should be the guy and has been at times this season, Mm -hmm. and you've got a guy in Jason Tatum who feels like he should be the be the guy and just missed the other night a game, a potential game tying shot. How
1: wild was that, by the way? How wild was that whole sequence, and how they even got to that that situation where they had an opportunity to <laughs> for Tatum to hit that game winner?
2: <laughs> well, and, and that's part of my argument. So I went through how Philadelphia did against Boston this season, because if you if you look at the way the bracket lines up, it would be let's say let's say chalk carries the day right in the Eastern Conference. So Milwaukee's the one. See, we already know they're they're locked in, but let's say Milwaukee advances against one of the play in teams. Let's say Boston advances against the other, and then Philadelphia has to take on a 6 seed in the Eastern Conference which at least is, as it stands now is Brooklyn could be Miami but let's say Philadelphia moves on so then the 3 which is Philly would take on Boston in the second round mm-hmm. and not Milwaukee so let's say that lines up and i people say oh you know Boston almost swept the season series and you know they had the the wild sequence that you mentioned right at the end of that last one to go ahead and potentially sweep them and they didn't These games, Q, have been close all season. That goes back to October. And there was one where Embiid hit a a nanosecond after the buzzer three-pointer that would have tied that game against Boston. And instead, it was waved off upon review. So I look at at least that the gap has been so thoroughly closed that Embiid has had monster performances. Boston doesn't have an answer for him. And James Harden has accepted the facilitator role. Mm -hmm. Like, you just look at the games this season. Their game in October against Boston, Harden had 35 points. Ever since then, he's been an assist machine to Embiid specifically, and that's raised the ceiling of what Philadelphia can be.
1: He's Randy Scott. I'm Q Myers. This is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, on the ESPN app, SiriusXM XM, Channel 80. We're filling in for the fellas this afternoon. And I, I like everything that you said, and I understand completely about what James Harden has done in the regular season. I'm just still a prisoner, Randy, and maybe this is my fault and I'll, I'll, I'll own it. But I'm just a prisoner of what I've seen from James Harden in playoffs when it matters the most. Oh, yeah. Can he be that guy? Can he transition from what he's doing right now, which is great, playing great ball? Right, and I know before the season he had dedicated himself to being in better shape. And this other. like we heard, everything good. And I feel like he's done pretty well this season, doing exactly what you said. But when push comes to shove, and it becomes the playoffs, I don't know what, who I'm going to see. If I'm going to see the guy we're seeing right now, maybe they have a legit shot. Maybe they're more than little bruh. Maybe they are two point <laughs> five. But. I just, I, I just, like I said, I know what I've seen from James in the time that it matters, which is crunch time, and that I'm not impressed with.
2: He'd be a great stock market guy. Like, James Harden would be a tremendous, you know, day trader because mm-hmm. that dude, that play, like playoff James Harden gets out before everybody else. He knows <laughs> when to get out. You know what I mean? He quits mm-hmm. before these games are over. He <laughs> quits before these series are over. Like, that man knows how to get out of a sinking stock and uh, has done that before. He, they're going to need him for a full seven, though. They're going to need him for a full yeah. seven for four potential rounds if Philadelphia is not only going to win, Q. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they don't, if the, to me, if they don't make the Eastern Conference Finals, they're looking for a new head coach this offseason.
1: I was about to say, Randy, like, how much pressure is on Doc? How much heat? Because we talk about and hear about how great of a coach he is, and we know what he did in Boston with the big three there, and that's a fantastic squad, but you still have to coach him up, so I don't want to take anything from him. Uh, I also know what everyone was talking about when he was in L.A. with the Clippers, and I know how excited everyone was in Philly when they got him there. But at the end of the day, at the end of the season, he's looking up, seeing what team is is hoisting the trophy, and it's not Philly. So there's going to be, obviously, a lot of heat on him. But, I mean, we mentioned James Harden. He really could end up being the X factor in this whole thing. That The 76ers may just go as James Harden goes.
2: And that's a scary proposition for everything you said. So I'm, I, I can't ignore, you know, the strong – positive points of the dress colors that you're looking at to try to bring that analogy you know (laughs) what I mean like if that is true and I think it's I think it's truer than people maybe want to give credit for because James Harden has been such a strong facilitator 12 assists a game this season Mm -hmm. five of them a game to Embiid and there's a reason why Embiid has taken the step that he has and will you know win his first MVP award it's because he's been able to stay on the court yes and it's because of how James Harden has set him up and that opens things, you know, when I say there is support there, I think De'Anthony Melton is great. For sure. You know, I, I mm-hmm. think, think Maxi's great. Tobias Harris is I mean, still, I mean, he's an expensive fifth option, but he's still there. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, this team does go as Embiid goes, but somebody has to set him up, to your point.
1: That's exactly right. I mean, I feel very confident in knowing what Embiid's going to give me game in and game out if on the Philadelphia 76ers in the playoffs. I'm I'm still questioning what James Harden is going to give me in the playoffs if on the Philadelphia 76ers. He's Randy Scott. I'm Q Myers. There is the West, though, right? One of us actually has confidence in a play-in team to make a run. The other one, not so much. Again, this is Fitz and Harry. Randy Scott, Q Myers, filling in here on ESPN Radio and also the ESPN app.
3: Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Hanging out with Louisville Hall of Famer, Harry Douglas.
1: Say it one more time again. Louisville Hall of Famer, oh, Harry my, Douglas. My bad, Evan. I'm just putting some respect. I'm not, I'm not doing this right, Harry. I'm just putting some respect on your name. Oh, you got to use a K.
2: Respect. That's why. what I did. Respect. Respect. Put some I, respect.
0: I don't know why it doesn't work right for me, but, uh, you know, I'm going to keep trying. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio.
1: Put some respect on that name, Randy Scott. Put some respect on that name, <laughs> Q Myers, because we are filling in for the fellas. This is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Of course, you can hear us on the ESPN app and tell you're a smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. And Randy, we know about out east, right, when it comes to the NBA. We feel confident about Boston. We feel good about Milwaukee. We're a little split when it comes to Philadelphia, but that's okay. We feel good about all three of those teams to a certain extent. But out west? Out west, my friend, there's a lot of questions out west, and it's really, really all bunched up. We know Denver is squared away at the one spot. Memphis is behind them at two. The Kings, shout out to the Sacramento Kings there at the number three seed. The Suns with KD, the four seed. Clippers at five. Warriors at six. And then there's those L.A. Lakers that everyone wants to talk about. LeBron James sitting there at number seven. Where are you with LeBron James and the L.A. Lakers, who I thought at one point were left for dead, but here they are making noise and making sure all of us are paying attention to them.
2: I, am, I, I feel like, I feel like uh, what is it? What's, what's, what's the godfather that we don't acknowledge? Is it three? Where Al Pacino's like, just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. That's- I didn't even know that that was a line from that movie. I thought I told you I wasn't
3: a movie guy. I know that line.
1: I didn't realize that was that was Godfather three. I've learned something today. You've made oh, me smarter.
2: I paid attention in the pre-show <laughs> meeting. I should remember. You're not you're not a movie guy. But that I mean, the, I feel like I've been rope a doped by these Lakers, and I feel like the rest of the Western Conference is going to feel that as well here in the okay. coming weeks. Right now, they're in the play-in. Mm-hmm. I would be terrified if I was a Laker fan in the play-in. Because I just don't like the entire season coming down, you know, to a best of three. You right. know what I mean? Like yeah. that's that 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 would scare me. Uh, but if they do get out of the play-in, which I think they will, or if they can somehow catch Golden State and like five, six, and seven in the West—Clippers, Warriors, Lakers—that's mm-hmm. undecided. One through three is set. Right. The others haven't been decided yet, and they're separated by a game. I mean, right. we're talking about tiebreakers and percentage points. And you know what? You can include New Orleans in that mix as well. And if the Lakers can somehow get out of the play and then they're lined up in that sixth spot with the Kings. And if I'm mm-hmm. the Kings, I'm terrified. If I'm the Lakers, I'm loving it because right. Los I Angeles, agree. unlike Sacramento, Sacramento can w- get off the bus and put up 110, 115 points. Mm-hmm. They can allow 120 exactly in, 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 in a hurry. And the Lakers, Q, I know you see it in Vegas. Lakers have been playing better defensive late since LeBron yep. has come back. And I don't think it's, because of LeBron necessarily I think it's because he allows guys to focus on their roles because Mm -hmm. of what he brings on the offensive end and that has added stability and it's why they've been on this run and obviously Anthony Davis deserves a ton of credit absolutely he is at his best when LeBron's back and he's been able to stay on the floor Q
1: Yeah, yeah, he's been able to stay healthy. I call him Mr. Glass, and I don't try to sound disrespectful when I say it, but it's just the reality. I mean, he's been banged up so much, but to his credit, he has been able to stay healthy, and he's out there playing some really good ball with LeBron. And the one thing that concerns me, Randy, when I look at the Lakers and the potential for the run that they have, because I do believe they can go on a run, but what concerns me is the legs. I feel like that when they play – you know, and, and they really have to get dubs. And obviously in the playoff situation, that's what it's all about is getting dubs. I feel like their legs are just heavy, that you'll see them in the next game. They'll have one game where they're phenomenal, and then the next game it just looks like they have heavy legs and they get off to a slow start and they have to try to battle their way back the whole time. And then playoff opportunity, and playoff games, I just don't think that that lasts because a team will smell that, that blood in the water and just jump on them, right, and just kind of put them away. Sacramento not being that team because, they, like I said, defense is optional when it comes to them. They're new at this, uh, but, I mean, it's good that they're in their, in the playoff situation, that they are. They had a heck of a season under Coach Brown, but I just I don't know about the legs and and, and I don't want to say the health of the Lakers, but just can they make that real run that
2: they want? I was, I was trying to think about, to your point, the back-to-backs and, mm-hmm. and how much trouble these Lakers have had with regard to the legs, which is a fair concern, you know LeBron upper thirties, Anthony Davis is just, every time he goes up in traffic. If you're a Laker fan, you have to like your breath has to catch in right. your chest because you just don't know how he's going to land. Even even innocent landings, he can make look like a like a like a young deer on ice. You know, he I falls, mean, can, he
1: falls awkwardly.
2: Yeah. Okay. So you know how we talk about NFL quarterbacks sometimes? Like he's he's got to learn how to slide. Yes. You know? Like yes. Davis has to learn how to fall, and he hasn't yes. figured it out by now, right? But I, I I think what what the NBA season does is by virtue of getting in the games right by by, by getting in eighty 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 two games you have to play back to backs as as sparingly as possible. But then you get to the playoffs and there are no back to backs. You there are none. It is geared for an older team. Yes, true. The Lakers just had to get in, and I think it's always dangerous to try to play the all right. We flipped a switch. Here we go. You know, you're playing with fire in that respect, but when you've got a team that's been through the bubble, been through the playoffs, and won a title together, the core of it has, it's hard to feel comfortable going against them.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. That's Randy Scott. I'm Q Myers. This is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio on ESPN app, presented by Progressive Insurance. For a job you'll love, visit progressive.com slash careers. Speaking of Fitz and Harry, Jason Fitz and Harry Douglas were both hosting First Take on Thursday, and Jason Fitz had this to say about the Lakers. Now we have to sit there and look at it and say, well, how are they going to challenge everybody else? The answer is they're not. The teams ahead of the Lakers, shocking news, are better than the Lakers. So we're constantly trying to put them in this conversation when Harry, they don't belong there because they haven't played well enough, not just last night, but all stinking year. Randy, Jason
2: Fitz, Lakers have no chance in the playoffs. He's gonna eat those words, man. He is. I now watch L. A. gets tripped up in the play-in round, and I'm the one. Who, I'm <laughs> right. the one who's got a knife and fork out eating my, eating my own words. But I, I think if they if they get through the play-in, they're mm-hmm. gonna beat Sacramento. I think it's a long series. Maybe it takes plenty out of Los Angeles, and maybe that deadens the legs. To your point yeah. about yeah. who they would play That's in my the concern. second round, which could be the Grizzlies. And how fun would that be, right? Uncle that would Shannon be a lot, Sharp That'd be there? like that'd be
1: like the the, the new blood <laughs> and the old blood and uh, you know, usher in a new uh, era and then of course, uh there's plenty of shenanigans on the sidelines of the court as well.
2: It could make LeBron you know sometimes you get an old you like you get a puppy when you have an older dog and it extends the life of the older dog. Right. It could be like that. It could be like LeBron and A D are feeling young again and they're running with with Memphis because, to your point, how you felt about Philadelphia, Like I need to see it before I can buy into it. I need to see it from Denver. I need to see it from Memphis. Mm -hmm. I need to see it from Sacramento. The only team I have confidence in in the Western Conference is Phoenix because Kevin Durant has yet to lose in a right. game that he's played with his new team.
1: Right, and that's a game changer right there. I mean, it really is, and that's what they made the move for. They made the move because they knew who KD is. The Warriors know who KD is very well. Uh, get him in playoff situation, he's the closer. As a Warrior fan, I called him a closer for those two years that he helped the Warriors win championships. He was that guy. Steph Curry's team, KD was the closer. It was just that simple. So uh, that's that's going to be obviously uh, you know an, an X factor. KD being there in Phoenix. I'm very interested in what Denver's going to do because now they're the hunted. How are they going to act, right? I mean, are they they've got guys that are healthy? Looks like that they can make that run, but can they? That's going to be interesting. Of course, Memphis is still the young pups on the block, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, you know, the Warriors they can't win a game on the road, but they're defending champions, so you got to factor that in. And then again, going back to the Lakers, I mean, they're there. Right? LeBron's been there, done that. Mm-hmm. If they have shorter series, they'll have opportunities, I think, to make a run. But they've got to have shorter series. They can't, they can't push it to the max every series. I just don't think that's good business for them. He's Randy Scott. I'm Q Myers. Coming up next, the NFL draft is less than three weeks away. We're going to start to learn that there's one quarterback who won't need to wait very long to hear his name called. Who's that going to be? We'll find out. We'll talk about it. It's next on ESPN Radio on SiriusXM Channel 80.
3: it's Harry the podcast
0: 23 NFL Draft.
3: So you ready for the draft? Let's get started.
0: Live from downtown Kansas City, Missouri. The
3: NFL Draft is officially open.
0: It all begins with round one, Thursday, April 27th, on ESPN Radio, ESPN, and on ABC. With the first pick. Every fan loves –
1: every NFL fan, that is, loves the NFL draft. That's an opportunity for their team to get better. And that one player they select is going to change the trajectory – of their team. This is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio on the ESPN app, SiriusXM channel 80. You can tell your smart speakers play ESPN Radio with Randy Scott. I'm Q Myers. We're filling in for the fellas this afternoon, and joining us now on the phone lines is our good friend Sal Pal, Sal Pal Antonio. And Sal, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. We do appreciate you, and of course, you'll be part of a big time NFL matchup that's going to be airing on ESPN two and ESPN Plus starting Monday, April 10th. But you'll also be with the Panthers for draft week they hold the number one spot in the draft after trading up from number nine to get that number one spot with chicago and the big question is cj stroud bryce young other how are you feeling at the top of the draft when it comes to carolina and that quarterback that they'll be selecting
3: well i think there is a consensus building within the panthers that bryce young will be the first pick in the draft obviously uh, they've got to go through some more of the draft interview process to bringing some of these players in the next couple of weeks, a week to 10 days to try to get to know them a little better. But uh, it's pretty clear that Bryce Young, you know, is a plug in and play player, uh, would be a first year starter for the Carolina Panthers. And so would CJ Stroud. You know, the big thing is, uh, you know, Bryce Young is just a polished uh, player, Reed's defense as well gets rid of the football quickly and accurately. You can see it. That's the film study. That's what it shows. He doesn't force the ball. And uh, the question is, can you live with five foot, 10 inches and maybe under 200 pounds? You know, he measures as Kyler Murray, slightly smaller than Drew Brees and Russell Wilson. And at the NFL level, his play uh, will have to be designed. So you can get him some passing lanes and, the you know, question is whether he can survive the pounding of a 17 game season.
2: Sal Pal, you know Frank Reich, you know Frank Reich from his time in Philadelphia, you know Frank Reich from his time before yep. that, but uh, uh, seemingly the the consensus is, you know, pre this draft pick that he has a certain prototype of quarterback that he likes and Bryce Young's not it. So I'm just curious what you know about uh about coach Reich that you feel like maybe he's changed or he's open to or amenable to or whatever it is, to make Bryce the kind of draft pick that he feels comfortable
3: selecting. Yeah, and you look at the quarterbacks. You mentioned it, uh, Carson Wentz, Mm -hmm. Matt Ryan, Phillip Rivers, Andrew Luck won the Super Bowl with Nick Foles and brought Wentz in. Those are guys that Mm -hmm. are 6'2", 6'3", 6'4", 6'6", and Frank Reich is a tall guy as well. And no quarterback five foot ten or under has won an NFL playoff game ever. Hmm. So you know it would be an outlier. Now Frank Reich is not making this decision on his own. Panthers GM Scott Fitterer is obviously a major contributor to this decision. The owner of the Panthers obviously is a major contributor to this decision. Uh, everybody in that building is for sure. Uh, They have. It'll be an outlier. It'll be a different thing if he picks uh, Bryce Young uh, over CJ Stroud, who's taller, stronger, uh, has more durability, uh, less durability issues than Bryce Young. And you know, I mean, CJ Stroud, big, strong arm quarterback, proven dual threat quarterback who can win from the pocket. That's what you want in the National Football League. I mean, he's got great. Field awareness, great toughness, his accuracy's good. It will prove. I mean, he also should be groomed as a day one starter in the NFL, and uh, he's going to go in the top three. So the question is, you know, what do you do? I mean, you got to look at what kind of offense you're going to run. Is it going to be an RPO offense? Is it going to be a run based offense with Miles Sanders? In Carolina, play a lot of defense. How are you going to utilize a rookie quarterback? Is it going to be like Ben Roethlisberger or Mark Sanchez, where you keep the number of pass attempts at a manageable level between 20 and 25 a game so you don't overload the rookie quarterback that's had proven success that formula in the past? So there's a lot of, that goes into this equation and into this decision
1: talking all things NFL draft right now with Sal Palatonio here on ESPN radio and the ESPN app, Fitz and Harry, Randy Scott. I'm Q Myers. We're filling in for the fellas. And you mentioned GM Scott Fitterer. How much the fact that he was part of the drafting of Russell Wilson in Seattle helps with this decision to maybe take Bryce young over a taller CJ Stroud.
3: Yeah, you always look right Q at what the experience is with these guys. So they're counterintuitive. When you look at it, one has always, coached tall quarterbacks and the other drafted Russell Wilson took took a chance on Russell Wilson but Russell Wilson you know is bigger I mean he's 5'11 thicker stronger Mm -hmm. than Bryce Young so again you know it's hard to compare I mean he compares more to Johnny Manziel than he does to Russell Wilson he compares more to Kyler Murray but Murray has supersonic speed So it's hard to compare. And also Bryce Young, the immeasurables are just off the charts. Coachable, likable, tough, you know, face of the franchise. You bring him in, he's going to have charisma, leadership inside and outside the locker room. So there's there's no real bet or gamble there on bringing Bryce Young into your building and having him the face of the franchise. The question is, can he last? Right. Sal
2: Pal, let's tug on this uh, Eagles thread a little bit more. Uh, we're going to talk next segment about the ceiling and the floor for two teams. One of them is the Bengals, and one of them is, is the Eagles. In your mind, what's now the, the ceiling is a Super Bowl. What's the floor potentially? I know you don't like to think negatively, but what's the floor potentially for this Eagles team uh, next season?
3: Oh, baby, <laughs> nobody's talking about Floor in Philly, baby, nobody. <laughs> come on, Randy. Come on, baby, come on now. I'm not asking uh, you Nobody's to make... talking about a Floor. <laughs> we're, 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 we're running it back here in Philadelphia. You know, uh, Jalen Hurts' favorite artist happens to be the Reverend Al Green, and his most famous album is Let's Stay Together. And I'm sure that Jalen Hurts has gone into Howie Roseman's office and said, hey, check out this music right here. Let's stay together. Let's take, keep this team together <laughs> for 2023. Let's run it back. And that's exactly what they're doing. Uh, uh, I think the team believes in Hurts completely, fully, unequivocally. They're about to prove it monetarily. Uh, I've been around the young man since he was drafted. He's an the absolute real deal in terms of his hunger to win, his desire to lead the right way. Players came back for him Fletcher Cox, Ben Graham, Lane Johnson. They want to run it back this year. They want to win the division again. They want to go back to the Super Bowl quickly. Hard to do. Right. Last 18 Super Bowl quarterbacks who lost their debut have not gone back. Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow. Hard to go back. But if anybody can pull it off, I think it's both of those quarterbacks. I think it's Burrow and Hurts. I think they both have the makeup to to do what it takes to go back.
1: Sal Pal, before we let you go, I have to ask you, if they're going to run it back, is there a chance that they run it back with Jalen Carter as a new addition to the team?
3: Well, you know, 10 is a pivot point in this draft. There's no question about that. What do the Eagles do at 10? And I think a lot of that will be determined about by whether there's still a quarterback on the board. So I think number three is a pivot point. What does Arizona do if the first two picks are quarterbacks? Does Arizona sit there and take a defensive player? Or are they enticed to move down by a team that wants to move up and get one of the quarterbacks ahead of the Colts? At number four, Eagles are in the same spot. If that ten Carter's there, Anthony Richardson still there, or mm. Hooker still there, uh, is Howie Roseman enticed to get out, or just take Jalen Carter? Uh, they need a defensive tackle. They need a right guard. They need edge rushers. That was proven in the Super Bowl. They couldn't get to Patrick Mahomes in second. Not many people can. But they needed one defensive stop and couldn't get it, lost by three points. They need edge rushers. They need D-tackles. They need guards. They need offensive tackles. What do they do at 10? I think the phone will be ringing if there's a quarterback on the board at 10 and Howie Roseman's going to pick up the phone and find out what people want to do.
1: Well, we're 20 20 days away from the start of the NFL draft in Kansas City, and, again, you'll be part of the big special on ESPN uh, Plus and ESPN2 starting on the 10th. So, Sal Powell, definitely appreciate your time this afternoon. We'll be talking to you soon.
3: Thanks, Q. Looking forward to it. Darius Butler, Greg Cosell on the show with me. They do a great job breaking down the film. I'm looking forward to the show. Randy, you the man.
1: Appreciate you, Sal Pal. (laughs) There he goes. Sal Palatonio with us here on Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Well, you heard Randy tease it. What's the ceiling and what's the floor for the Eagles? When should we expect uh, one of their quarterbacks to get paid? It's next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.
0: Brought to you by Wendy's $3 Breakfast Deal.
3: Fitz and Harry, the podcast.
0: As we storm toward the NFL draft, so you ready for the draft? Let's get started. It's time to look at every team's ceiling. Like
1: the ceiling hold
0: us. And every team's floor.
3: Floor, 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 floor.
0: This is ceiling and floor. The ceiling is the roof. On Fitz and Harry. Everyone wants
1: the ceiling. Everybody wants the ceiling. Nobody wants the floor. This is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio on the ESPN app. Sirius XM Channel 80, smart, and tell your smart speakers to play ESPN Radio. He's Randy Scott. I'm Q Myers. We're filling in for the fellas this afternoon. And, Randy, it is that time. You teased it while we talked to Sal, pal. We're going to play ceiling and floor. We're going to talk some eagles. We're going to talk some Bengals. We're going to bring in our guy, Devin the Dude. Or Evan. Who are we bringing in? Evan or De- Devin. Who are we bringing in?
2: I'm coming in, but my job is simple. I'm just going to play a little sounder. You're going to You're going to discuss the 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 ceiling and the floor for this first team up right now.
0: The Philadelphia Eagles.
1: Here we go. I follow instructions. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> I try to follow instructions, Randy. So I'm going to go ahead and let you start off. Okay. Ceiling and floor when it comes to the Eagles.
2: The ceiling for the the ceiling for the Philadelphia Eagles is they're playing in a a, a, a parade down Broad Street. You know what I mean? Maybe Mm -hmm. ended at the Rocky statue. It's a route they know well. It's a route they traveled a few seasons ago. And that's their ceiling. Their ceiling is it all comes together again. Their ceiling is somehow Jalen Hurts improves upon last season. Uh, Their ceiling is defensively they don't miss a beat with some of the losses that they've had. um, That they got a little bit better on their defensive front. Which I find kind of hard to believe. So maybe right. the secondary got maybe the secondary got a little better. But I mean that that is it. Their their ceiling is they go back, they take care of business, and they beat you know uh, let's say let's say the Cincinnati Bengals, who we'll get to in just a moment. That's their ceiling. Their floor though, is something that they should be concerned about because they got a little slice of it last season. Mm-hmm. Their floor is a Jalen Hurts injury, a much improved. Division that they're in themselves like NFC East like let's say the Giants take a step. Let's say Dak Prescott, you know new offensive coordinators coming in new voices in his ear. Let's say Dallas puts it together and let's I mean there is a listen Eagles fans. I know we had Sal Pal on just a moment ago. There is a path to the Eagles not even making the playoffs. There's a path to the Eagles being the third best team in their division, and there's a now a lot of it is contingent on injury, and you don't wish that on anybody. And we're supposed to do this assuming health. So if you assume health, their ceiling is a Super Bowl. If there is an injury to a quarterback who had an injury late last season to his throwing shoulder that they continue to use as a goal line back, which let's be honest has a shelf life in the NFL, if they continue to do that and he gets nicked up, the backup now isn't Gardner Minshew; it's Marcus Mariota. And who knows? Who knows how steep that decline is? But that's the floor. The floor is not making the playoffs.
1: Philadelphia Eagle fans, he's Randy Scott. Go get him.
2: (laughs) I'm not wishing it. I'm not wishing it on anybody. I'm just saying. Right, never that.
1: (laughs) Never that. I'll say this. When it comes to the ceiling, I I, want to be optimistic. I don't think it's the Super Bowl only because it's so hard to get back there, right? When you lose the Super Bowl, I mean, even when you win the Super Bowl, it's so hard to get back there. So I do believe that they're going to be a really good team. I believe that their ceiling is win the division and then go a couple rounds deep, right? And and, and then and then they take a L. I just I don't see them back in the Super Bowl just because, like I said, it's so hard to to duplicate that. Uh, what's the chances that they have seventy sacks on their defensive side of things again mm-hmm. this upcoming year? I mean, something even close to that. Right? We know Hassan Redick is really good, but he had what, 17 sacks. That was a career high. Uh, what's the chances that that's going to happen? They lost Hargrave. Now, of course, the draft is still on the way, so there could be players that they pick up that you're like, wow, yeah, they're not going to miss a beat. But I think that the ceiling, they definitely are, are the, the, the champions in the division, even though how often does – in that division, the NFC East, a team actually duplicate and replicate that and be that, that division champion. That's always difficult as well. So uh, I don't think it's quite the, the, the Super Bowl for the ceiling when it comes to the Philadelphia Eagles. The floor, though, I'm with you. I mean, they, they can, things could go, go, go wrong. Right, They've lost a lot of players. They've lost a lot of players by way of free agency that play key roles, I think, on that Philadelphia defense. So um, I, I think that the the floor, I don't want to say they're going to miss the playoffs, but they don't win the NFC East. Mm-hmm. They just kind of slide in as a wild card, and then they dip out in the first round. So that's that's going to be my floor with the Philadelphia Eagles. How about the Cincinnati Bengals?
2: Ceiling is the Super Bowl. It's, it's getting right back okay. to where they were two seasons ago. It's having to probably... Uh, you know, play the the Chiefs and the Bills again, but the way their schedule lines up, I mean, they're lined up to play the AFC or rather the NFC West this season, and uh, have some key matchups at home. They could be the one seed. They really could. So that game would be played there uh, in Cincinnati. The floor, uh, realistically, is just an early playoff exit. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the, again, they're the teams that they're lined up with to play. I mean, the Houston Texans, the Colts, the Rams. Uh, the Cardinals, I mean, who knows what this Lamar Jackson situation does to the Ravens within their own division, and the Browns looked awful even with Deshaun last season. So really the floor to me realistically is an early playoff exit.
1: I think Cincinnati has set themselves up really well to be at least in position to be a playoff team consistently, right? Uh, that offensive line, they got to continue to work on that. Joe Burrow can't continue to take hit after hit after hit like he's done consistently now for a few seasons, well, ever since he's been in the league. But I'm with you. I think that the playoffs and maybe uh, any kind of a run after that is is definitely, you know, the ceiling and maybe even – Landed in the Super Bowl, and the, the floor is just, again, getting into the playoffs and, and dipping out early. I mean, I just, again, I think they've set themselves up. Zach Taylor and company have done a good job to put themselves in position to at least be a playoff team consistently and then let the chips fall where they may because you know once you get into the playoffs, anything is possible. Ceiling and floor here on ESPN Radio. He's Randy Scott. I'm Q Myers. This is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Serious XM Channel 80 and tell your smart speakers to play ESPN Radio. Coming up next, it is now or never for one NBA team to win a title with their current core. We'll talk about it next on Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio on the ESPN app.
3: Fitz and Harry, the podcast.